Praise God. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was the first time for me to watch that as well. Um, Brother Chris, uh, you're very talented, very gifted, but he took like a million photos and videos along with Brother Richard, and uh, they put that together, or Chris did. Um, well, today is a very special service, uh, and I'm so glad you could join us. But our intention today is not to say, hey, look at the cool things we did when we went to Malawi. That is not the intention at all. But our intention is we believe our entire church went together uh, because we could not have gone to Malawi without your support. And so what we wanted to do today is set aside the entire service to give glory to God uh, because it is God's glory that we care about. And we want to share with you what God did in Malawi and is continuing to do so that you can also share in the encouragement and the joy that we received. We want you to share in that because our whole church went together. Uh, It's not just us, but we, again, we could not have gone without your support and your prayers. And so thank you so much. Um, And so today what we're going to do is rather than me just preach for like 50 minutes, we're going to be hearing from the different team members. So we're going to first hear from Brother... uh, I'm going to quit calling everyone brother and sister. <laughs> but uh, somebody told me, you always call everyone brother and sister. But um, I want to call up Luke up, and he's going to be sharing a testimony uh, of his experience. And then after that, we're going to have the entire team come up, and you're going to be able to hear from uh, all of them in a more kind of free-form style. So I want to invite up Luke. All right, thank you. So this is my testimony from the trip. So this was a very busy and packed mission trip. Uh, I can't say there was a specific thing God was teaching me that threaded throughout the experience, except that I should just roll with it. Maybe a more spiritual way to express it is that God was in control and I was not. It seemed like almost every day during the trip, I was being asked to step into a situation I knew very little about. I'm used to feeling like I have control or at least an understanding of expectations in my daily life. I didn't have any illusions of control over this trip. It began right when we landed in Lilongwe, which is the capital city. Uh, we sat waiting for our luggage for an hour before determining that 31 out of our, 30, our 41 bags full of retreat stuff was missing. It took another couple of hours for us to figure out that the missing baggage pr- to figure out the missing baggage process and finally leave the airport to be greeted by the Malawi staff of Pace Academy Foundation. Uh, So PAF, I'll start calling them that instead of the whole word. Uh, It was an enjoyable first evening getting to know the staff. I got driven from the airport by Robert and his wife, Stella. They're both around 30 and have a two and a half year old daughter named Grace. Robert is a PAF mentor and Stella is a mentor in training. The mentors in PAF work with the high school students in a certain region of the country that are provided scholarships by PAF. I was thankful to get to know Robert right away because he has so many points of connection with me. The first full day of the trip began with us visiting the PAF Community Center project. We got to see the current farmland that will be transformed into a place of blessing for PAF students, staff, and the surrounding community. Currently, thousands and thousands of bricks are being made by recent graduates and community members hired by PAF. We were asked to jump in and help making cement bricks on hand-operated machines. Uh, Helping might not be the most accurate word for it, Hopefully the workers were encouraged and enjoyed watching us mess up their four-person dance they performed to quickly and efficiently make hundreds of bricks a day. It was eye-opening to see these young uh, men and women work eight hours a day for very little pay, work that gave us all aches and blisters from just a couple hours. It was a great time getting to know the workers. We got to eat lunch with them, and they received a gift of a Chechewa Bible from PAF. For the first time in my life, I witnessed people clapping and cheering to receive a Bible. I think this, is, this, more than anything else during the trip, opened my eyes to the needs and desires of some of the Malawian people and our blessings here in America. Malawi is mostly Christians, but there are many, many churches meeting under trees or basic shelters, hoping to meet in buildings where they can invite their communities to come worship God. We next went to visit two churches in the area. We didn't know why we were going, but in keeping with the theme of the trip, God was in control and I was not. The churches were partially built and struggling to gather enough money and supplies to finish the buildings. PAF has begun helping churches finish buildings, and both of these churches were hoping to receive funds in the future. Members of the churches explained their histories and hopes for the future. Pastor Roy was asked to speak at one of the churches. I was asked to speak at the other. I didn't really know what to say, but it ended up being words of encouragement and solidarity for the churches. But really, only God knows if our visits were actually encouraging. It was uncomfortable leaving with the uncertainty of why we were there and what, could, what good could come from our visit. Uh, we can only hope and pray that they were encouraged and that God will continue to do good work in those churches. 
It was also an opportunity for us to learn some of the struggles of the churches in Malawi. Next came one of the most impactful moments of the trip for me. Branco, the Malawian director for agriculture for PAF, led us around the area near the community center called Nakuawa Village. He was ministering to the community and had met five people who needed wheelchairs. We followed Branco from place to place, handing out wheelchairs and praying for the people of the village. The people needing the wheelchairs would barely uh, be able to get outside and often spend their days just sitting in the same place all day long. As we were delivering the wheelchairs to two brothers, Posiano and Peter, being taken care of by a single mom, the neighbors congregated to see what was going on. We had the opportunity to share the gospel and pray for the people. It was awesome to get to help and watch Bronco care for these people. He clearly had a joy from God in serving them, and I'm thankful we were able to step in beside him and join him that day. Our main purpose for going to Malawi was the student retreat. On day four, we had a day just for prepping and setting up the retreat for 600 students arriving the next day. From then until the retreat was over, I felt the least in control and most of need of relying on God. I was coordinating the retreat setup with PAF staff Nelson. Uh, Thankfully, Nelson was very chill and stress-free compared to me. I was running all over the place, hammering Nelson with questions, uh, and also constantly thanking him for helping and dealing with all my requests. Meanwhile, Nelson was just thankful um, to be doing the hard work of God. I'd asked him, like, oh, thank you so much for doing this. He's, oh, it's just the good work of God. The retreat eventually got set up by 8 a.m. the next day when the students began to arrive. The next three days were a whirlwind of putting on a retreat for 600 high school students. It was a blessed time watching and joining the students in worship, dancing, as you saw in the video, uh, sermons, eating together, studying the Bible together, discussing together, and playing games together. There were many, many hiccups along the way to always remind us that God was in control and not us. Not enough beds, locked buildings, not enough classroom space, catering, struggling to feed so many, being behind schedule all the time, students not following directions, uh, printers not working, perfectly designed photo organizational systems failing, going to bed at midnight and waking up at five, uh, people getting injured and sick, late buses, and many other things. But we, were very, we can be very thankful for the hard work, building God's kingdom, and the blessed time had by the students as they described through their interactions with us and thank you cards. One particularly meaningful moment for me came when a student asked a question during small group time following a sermon. It was generally hard to communicate because of difference in accents and loud rooms surrounding us, so I was never quite sure exactly what the students were processing during the retreat. Um, The student, Andrew, asked how we know the difference between someone doing good out of their own conscience and a Christian doing good through the Holy Spirit. Through this, God was pointing out to me the error of my assumptions in the depth of the student's faith. They had been processing things more deeply than I could determine through the communication barrier, and I was thankful to get to see uh, a small sliver of that through Andrew's question. Uh, the next morning, we traveled to the Abundant Life Center. It was, uh, this is a center that feeds and takes care of vulnerable children from rural villages, among other things that they do. Uh, we had the opportunity to serve food to the children, wash their feet, and provide them a new pair of shoes. Uh, This is a difficult experience to explain. Uh, It was very emotional seeing the students say a prayer for the food, serving food that was just basic corn porridge, and trying to portion it out so that every child receives some. For many of the children, the the shoes we brought were too small and weren't able to actually give them a pair. Some of the kids were scared, and it was difficult to wash some of their feet. We also dropped off some paint for the shelter. I think my biggest apprehension about going to Malawi for a short-term missions trip was going, fixing things, and then leaving with no impact and a nice story to tell back at home. The trip to Abundant Life Center felt the most like that out of the trip. Did we empower the Malawians to help those children more? It's hard to say, and although the children's situations seem hopeless, uh, we can have faith that God loves and cares for those children and that God will bless them in the future. I prayed these things over and over again as I washed the children's feet. It was certainly a humbling experience, and I didn't even think I could wash their feet with my obsession with cleanliness. Uh, I pray that humility stays with me and that God will bring good out of our visit. I'm really encouraged as I reflect on the trip and the work that PAF is doing in Malawi. The many small things PAF is doing to empower the Malawian staff to mentor and build up high school students, providing opportunities for students to graduate high school, building a community center, and helping to finish church buildings. The high school students who receive scholarships promise to help fund the scholarship of a future student when they graduate and get jobs. I think this is such a cool way to sustain what they're doing in the future and have a vision for the future of Malawi. I was constantly noticing how the founder of PAF, Missionary Yu, was always being thanked, but always pointing it back to God because she was certain it was God doing the work and she just joining him. And so I pray and hope that that would be my attitude for the future, that I always be 
that I would always be joining God in his work and pointing people back to him. Thank you. All right, praise the Lord. Yeah, so Brother Luke, um, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna keep calling brother, people brother and sister, so just deal with it. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it was such a blessing to see him uh, roll up his sleeves along with everyone else and just really dig into the hard work. And so, yeah, that's just a small glimpse of it. But I wanted you guys to have a fuller picture of what took place. And so I'm gonna invite up the entire team at this point. And so if the entire team can come up and we're just gonna do a makeshift panel here. Uh, we're gonna grab a few chairs from the front right here. Um, and then I'm gonna ask a few questions that they're gonna answer. Okay, praise God. I don't think the team was like jumping to do this, but you know, I said, you gotta do it. It's just part of the gig, so they agreed. Um, but uh, what I'm gonna do now is I'm just gonna ask a few questions and they're gonna uh, answer kind of in free form. Uh, the first question though, I do want everybody to answer because it'll give you kind of a sense of what they did, what their role was, why did they go? Uh, so that's basically the question, but why did you go to Malawi and what was your role in Malawi? So maybe we could just go down the line here. But maybe uh, just introduce yourself to your name and then answer. Hi, my name is Nate. Um, I went to Malawi, not just one reason. Um, one of the things that I look so forward to when meeting new people and especially other brothers and sisters, no matter where you go, is that they are always there. <laughs> Christ is building his church in many parts of the world. And this was an amazing opportunity to get back out and see what God is doing in his church and meet brothers and sisters, connect with them, and be able to just be alongside them um, and hopefully, hopefully serve them like Brother Luke was saying. Um, hopefully we didn't cause too much trouble when we were trying to help them, but it's just a great feeling to be able to stand side by side with people, uh, learn from them, grow with them, and serve with them. All right. Want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Everyone, my name is Samuel. Um, and to be completely honest, um, I don't really remember the reason why I decided <laughs> to go to Malawi. Um, those details are kind of fuzzy, um, but what I do remember is that... Um, I think it was just during a season of my life where I felt uh, God's love, and that felt very abundantly clear to me. And um, I, I think I was just convicted, you know, like, God has been, you know, so good to me all my life, and, you know, going to Malawi is, and, and, and you know, meeting and serving my fellow brothers and sisters, uh, you, know, that, you know, that's the least I could do. Um, so, yeah, um, and I think that there was a question like what, what was your role? role. Actually, um, I want to hear Nate's role as well. Yeah, it's okay. Oh, no, go ahead, Sammy. You okay. can finish. <laughs> uh, my role was, I didn't really have, like, a specific, like, role that I was in charge of. Um, I was just kind of doing, like, a supporting role. I was, like, the behind the scenes, uh, just helping everyone else do what they could do uh, to, to serve in their own ministry. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I had a couple roles. Uh, probably the major one was helping to set up the registration for the retreat. And then um, I, along with Chris and Richard, we helped work on the game day. We had a game day with our students, so that was a lot of fun. All right. Yeah. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris. Um, this is actually my second time going. So for me, it's, it's uh, funny to say it's kind of interesting. I, it feels like like reconnecting with family, if you have family overseas and, and you're just kind of going back. And, and for me, it was uh, like rekindling a, a flame that was set there when I first went. Um, yeah, they, they truly treat you like family. And, and even in two weeks, I'm sure the others would testify that they, you create a new family over there all the way on, across the other side of the world. And so it was um, definitely a powerful experience to be able to, um, yeah, just be with them again. Um, and my role was to document the chaos. <laughs> to, um, yeah, I had the easy job just watching them do all the work with the camera um, and just helping out in whatever way I could. Um, yeah. Hello. Doria. <laughs> um, I'm Haney. So I think that's kind of hard to think back, but after Chris had come back from the first retreat, 
Um, I think just hearing his testimony and how his experience was throughout the whole missions trip had like piqued an interest or like curiosity. I was curious, like what is God doing in Malawi? I'm so used to, you know, living in my own bubble, like living in seeing how God works in our community. Um, and so I was curious to see how God was working in Malawi. And what was so amazing that Chris came back with such a huge testimony that he was constantly sharing with me. Um, so I think that's what had piqued my interest. My role, um, I think it was mainly supposed to be small group leader, but we also, or they also placed me in uh, the medical team. But the two of the more experienced nurses who were supposed to come and lead couldn't make it. So I ended up kind of doing that by myself. So I didn't really, I think I got pulled away from my small group a lot um, because like kids would be sick or something would come up. But I think that ended up being my main role. Yeah, and then uh, Chris is talking to Haney a lot because they're married. Yes. So if you're wondering why is Chris <laughs> talking to Haney thing. about all this stuff, they, li they live together, so, okay. <laughs> Just clarify, okay. Sorry, um, hi, I'm Steven. Um, I actually made my decision to go to Malawi kind of on a, um, it was a very quick decision. Uh, I called Chris like the day after the deadline passed to sign up, um, and I asked him um, about Malawi and what he did uh, in the year past that he went. Uh, and he comforted me and he said, there will be a place for you to serve. I don't know where it would be um, exactly. Um, and I, I decided that there's uh, little reason to not go and serve the Lord for two weeks. Um, that's a pretty good way to spend your time um, sharing the gospel and encouraging um, our brothers and sisters. Um, I think personally, uh, I was also hoping to be encouraged, um, kind of like what Haney was mentioning um, just seeing what God is doing uh, in other places, building his church, not just here uh, in Riverside, but uh, everywhere. Um, yeah. Uh, my role, um, I had a few. Uh, I was uh, doing snacks for all the children at the retreat. Um, I led a small group, um, and I ended up teaching for like an hour um, at one of the schools we visited. Um, I think realistically, it, probably for all of us, we just wore many hats throughout the, the two weeks, so. All right, thank you. Hello, I'm Richard. Um, I think what first sparked my interest was uh, Chris's video uh, last, the first time he went. And um, hopefully this video sparks some interest in you guys uh, to go, um, but um, it, it took like two years after because of COVID, so I couldn't really go r like right away. So um, after that, I wasn't as in or like on fire for it to go. I felt like I was living a very uh, like selfish life, you know, not really reaching out to anybody and no real community. And um, the doors opened, and God uh, convicted me to really. Uh, um, go and serve there. And uh, so, um, yeah, it was a great time. I uh, really enjoyed it and was definitely humbled. And um, yeah, uh, my role was uh, small group leader also. Um, and then also the games too. Yeah. And then, oh yeah. And then set up the dorm rooms. That was, <laughs> that was a really fun experience. Yeah, I kind of left him out of my testimony, but he did a lot of work, too, with Nelson. Yeah, he was really busy. Um, so I'm Luke. Uh, I ultimately went because I w had no excuse not to go. Um, I'm a teacher. It was the summer. Uh, my wife suggested I go. Her mom came to help watch our son, and so, like, I was out of excuses, so I decided to go. Um, I was excited, though, to see, like, what God was doing in Malawi and kind of join in that. And, I, um, and so, yeah, my main role was setting up the retreat and doing small group. Yeah, so thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, real quick, I went because I got to uh, not only watch the video that Chris made the first time, um, but I met his aunt, who is the, the founder and leader of the PAF ministry. And so that 
that really stirred me to go. So yeah. And then I, mainly I was there to just uh, support you guys and then I spoke, I spoke at the retreat, so. Okay, uh, so the first question I want to open it up and you guys can just kind of free form, whoever wants to answer can answer, is uh, clearly God is doing a very special work in Malawi. Uh, when I came back, this is kind of the way I, I describe it, but Malawi is on the verge of a revival. And so that's the way I see it. Um, yeah, Christianity has swept through that nation. I think 80% or more claim to be followers of Christ. Um, and yet, and yet they are in such need. Uh, I think Luke mentioned, but the churches are really struggling uh, with you know, finances, leadership, training. Uh, they are in such need of disciples. And yet Christianity is exploding. Uh, so when uh, you went there, what stood out to you? Okay, so God is doing a special work in Malawi, but what really stood out to you, what God was doing? And I'm just going to open it up. Maybe a few people can answer. Okay, I can go. Um, I think the biggest thing that had stood out to me about Malawi is the people. And I feel like that's, it's really hard to describe, um, but... Nate used the word to describe them and it was genuine. And I think that's like the most perfect word to describe them. They're just so genuine and so willing to serve and willing to help one another. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, here in America, we're very set on like individualistic thinking. We're trying to succeed or we worry about ourselves a lot. But a big thing that we had noticed was even in the villages or at the churches, um, a lot of the Malawians are so community-based, and so they really focus on coming together and helping one another. And it's like just so easy for them to offer help without even thinking about like, oh, what do, what do I need to do? Like, what's on my schedule? Do I have mm -hmm. time to help? Or things like that. They're just yeah. very, very genuine. And even with like what little like worldly things that they have, I think they're just so rich in... God's eyes, um, the love that they have, the the um, compassion they have for one another, I think is just so beautiful. So that was one of the biggest things that stood out to me. Um, yeah, along that line, when I think about what I think God is doing there, uh, I think it's more he's building like a really deep trust in him. Uh, because when you, you go there, you see, like, like Henny was saying, there's, there's this ability for them to come together as a community. And in a lot of ways, they have to. They have no choice. If, if they don't, they don't survive. Um, and I believe just hearing the testimonies of the kids in the small groups and the way that <laughs> I have this experience, um, where we got there and I'm trying to connect with the students and I'm trying to ask questions to get them talking. And so I asked them, what's, what's one experience that I think, that you think other people should have? You know, that they, they should do or experience um, before, and, and like give to other people. <laughs> and me, you know, thinking about being in Malawi and being on this trip, I'm like, man, I really think people should go and experience other cultures, you know? Um, very, wealthy American thing to say, um, who has that opportunity. And then each of the, I went around to each of the students, and each of the students were like, I just, I hope that they can know to trust God. Like, I've seen God work, and he's providing for my schooling, and I'm going to school, and so I would just love for people to be able to trust God that way. And I sat there very humbled, um, but just very much aware of the fact that I do believe what God is doing. He's building a deep trust in him, um, something that I know is lacking in my life because there are so many times where I can be like, oh yeah, God, you did that for me. But deep down, it's like, well, I kind of feel like I did that myself because um, I have a nice job and I have the money that I can pay for it. Um, but they are so reliant on him and it's really beautiful. I think he's building up a group of people that I hope will go and be able to share that with the world because I think we desperately need that. So there's something called Murphy's Law and Murphy's Law states, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. And me and Nate were in Kenya uh, on our way back home and we were like, 
this Malawi missions trip was Murphy's Law um, because we, we had this like itinerary of like day-to-day, hour-by-hour thing of what we were going to do. And I would say probably over half of it did not accor- go according to plan um, in some way. Um, some examples, um, what, what Luke was mentioning in his testimony about the bags, um, like those, had, those bags had like everything we needed to get that trip done. And like, you know, however many of them showed up out of like all of them. And the, the first day we were, I, I remember we were all like so discouraged because, you know, we just got off a 16 hour flight and we're like, what are we going to do without like the, the things we need? And uh, that following morning, um, I think it was me, Stephen and Richard, uh, we were doing devotionals. And um, the passage we read was uh, about Jesus uh, feeding the 5,000. And that was like the most fitting uh, passage we could possibly read because I can just name like so many different examples of times when we literally were like running short on so many things. Um, I think the most, um, the one that stuck out to me the most is when we went to the orphanage to um, wash the the orphan's feet. Um, I remember like looking for the water, um, you know, like to, to pour into the bowl so that we could wash their feet. And I remember like the only thing that came out was like this one like tiny bucket it was like the size of like a home depot bucket um full of water and i was like you know there's there's no way we're gonna wash like you know like there were there were at least like 300 kids there and i was like there's no way we're gonna wash um all of their feet with that amount of water and uh somehow um there was like over a third of it left um i don't know how it happened um it was just crazy to me like how i i I, I just couldn't comprehend that. Um, and even like with feeding the people at the retreat, um, there were multiple times when we ran out of food. And, you know, for them, like they only eat one meal a day. Um, and so for them to run out of food, it's, you know, it's it's pretty devastating because, you know, that's their only opportunity to eat. Um, and I was like, you know, how are we going to feed these people? And uh, through, through God's grace, um, you know, everything just worked out. Um, yeah, there, there is just so many different examples of how um, we we really don't need to rely on our own plans, our own itineraries that we make, um, our own supplies that we need, because at the end of the day, you know, God can just, with one swift hand, he can just upend all of that. And so um, I think for me, um, I just really learned that, you know, I, trusting in yourself, trusting in your own plans it's it's at the end of the day it's it's useless um all, all we can do is trust in him and know that everything will be okay wow praise god yeah those are powerful uh, testimonies was there anybody else if not i'm going to move on to the next one no oh did you want to share okay go ahead we're still answering Hello. uh what did you see uh god doing in malawi yeah um i think the thing for me that was most striking um, about what God was doing in Malawi was, um, I think we could all see God like literally build his church. Um, so Luke mentioned the brick making um, and God using his disciples to literally build his church building. Um, we, we ended up visiting a lot of churches um, that were in the progress of being built. Um, so they had walls or um, partial structures that were being finished. Um, and so on one hand, we got to see like the physical, like there are churches popping up um, all over the place, um, which was awesome to see. Um, but I think even beyond that, um, it was also very clear that I think God was raising up like Christians um, and leaders. Um, so uh, I was actually in the car ride that Luke mentioned with uh, Stella and Robert. Um, we had an awesome time hearing their testimony. Um, and for all the mentors, it was kind of like that. Um, we we got to hear awesome testimonies of where they came from. Uh, many of them didn't actually grow up in like Christian families, um, and here they were dedicated to spending their life discipling children. Um, I said I led a, a small group earlier. Uh, I only like half led it at best. Um, we actually worked with uh, students who graduated from the the PAF program, um, who were kind of like secondary, I guess, or uh, second leaders next to us. Um, and they 
actually ended up translating a lot for us um, to get past the language barrier. Um, and that was awesome too. Um, this was a, a, a young college student um, who, you know, uh, didn't know who Jesus was maybe two or three years ago. Um, and eventually towards, you know, day two and three, I realized uh, the whole back and forth translation thing wasn't quite working super well. Um, and he took the lead. Um, and it was awesome to see that um, because here was a student who was discipled, who is now discipling other students. Um, and that was, uh, for me, super encouraging just to see how God is creating the church as it should be. Um, so. Thank you. Yeah, powerful testimonies. Okay, uh, the next question is, um, what are some differences you notice between Christians and churches in the U.S. versus Christians and churches in Malawi? Um, are they exactly the same? <laughs> are they very different? <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. What would you guys say? Your own experience. I could go first. Um, uh, as a worship leader, it was definitely worship, uh, how they worship stuck out to me. Um, they have great rhythm and they, they like to dance. <laughs> and um, yeah, it just shows a very uh, expressive way of worshiping. Um, and I thought that was amazing, kind of reminded me, or it just showed the passion they had, and um, yeah, just, uh, they just seemed all in on Jesus, and uh, that kind of reminded me of my, like, when I was first saved, and it seemed like that just kept going on with them, and um, yeah, that's, I believe that's one of the most things that stick out to me. You, you should share, when we got to that one church, uh, they were already dancing for us, Do you Oh, oh. Yeah, do you remember? It's okay. You don't have to share that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we arrived at this church to, to do a little like service, and they were already dancing and, and singing as we were pulling up. So it was really amazing. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so I definitely like there. Are, so we went to uh, Assemblies of God churches we were visiting. So um, we also went to a Presbyterian church, which they still had some singing and some dancing, but it was definitely less like, I mean, it's still like Presbyterian, right? So it's still a little bit <laughs> subdued. But um, I think what I was really like amazed with was just they don't let anything stop them from worshiping God. Um, I, as being the sound person, like there's so many things like I'm trying to keep track of and make sure like it's all working so that we can worship God. But like I was struck by the one church we went to, Robert's church, um, they had like a extension cord through the wall. So it was like through the brick wall. I don't know where, where it was plugged into, but then it was all the way to like the, the front of the, the, where they were like the altar. And they had like one speaker plugged in and then like one piano plugged in and then like a mic. And that was like it. And it was just funny. Cause it's like, yeah, straight through the wall and over there. And you know, they were dancing, singing, worshiping God all the same. And, um, yeah, some of the churches just had like one mic or no mic and, um, but they were still, yeah, worshiping God. And um, yeah, that's a big difference, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Yes. Just a quick side story with like the worship. Um, so Richard Haney and I kind of made it our mission uh, during the retreat to get Luke to dance with the, the kids. <laughs> if you've ever uh, thought that we have a statue in that back corner, uh, it's that, that's actually Luke, it's not a statue. And so during the retreat, we were like, we have to get Luke to join in. I've seen Luke tap his feet. So. Yeah, 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 no, no. Just, a, just so, to. So I think we got to the very last day. I think we tried a few times, but he was just like, no, and like he was worshiping, but he just wanted us, you know, stay in his comfort zone. And then the very last, I think it was the last night, we, we really tried to push him. And then he really like said no. So we, we just like left at that. We went in, started dancing. And then like not even like a minute after, I saw him dancing like in the crowd with a bunch of like students. And then later I asked him, how come you didn't go when we asked you? Like what made you go? And he said one of the students asked me to join them. And so we know Luke has a soft spot for kids. <laughs> You're a good man, Luke. Okay. Okay. Was there anything else? If, uh, yeah. So any differences uh, between? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking um, uh, the church there is, at least the churches we went to, are a little bit more conservative. So 
all you ladies sitting next to men, uh-uh-uh, not church, <laughs> uh, they would yeah. have it on the other side. So yeah, women yeah. would be on one side and guys would be on the other. Yes. Not during our retreat, but mm. I noticed that that was something that stood out to me. It's like you had it each side. Yeah, they're very conservative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you had to wear pants, and I didn't bring pants. <laughs> <laughs> I think another thing I've noticed um, throughout the retreat and the churches as well is just people come from really far places for these services mm-hmm. and they walk like or they ride bikes. But it's like distances I wouldn't even think about trying to walk. I think I would probably just pass out <laughs> on the side of the road. But no, these members, even the at the retreat, um, when it had all ended and we had the buses pick up the students to take them back to school, one of the student leaders, she, um, her mom was supposed to come pick her up, but then there were like car issues. And she's like, oh, it's okay, I'll find a way home. So I was trying to ask her like, well, how are you getting home? And she's like, oh, I'll take the bus and then I'll take another bus and it's gonna take like seven hours or something like that. And I was like, by yourself at night? Like, is that okay? But I guess that's just like very normal for them. And so when I had messaged her after, like, when we got back to America, we got in contact with her. And she's like, oh, yeah, I got home around, or, yeah, got back to school around, like, 1 a.m. or something. When the retreat ended at, what, 3 or something like that? And so it's just really powerful to see how much they're tra- uh, they're willing to travel or how far they're willing to do travel um, just to go to these retreats or go to the services. Like people from surrounding villages would come and support each other um, when we had like another church opening service. So that was super encouraging. Yeah, the one thing that I would add to that is um, they are so rich in the spirit and it's very clear. Yeah, um, and not, not to poo poo the American church I love the American church. I pastor one. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's something we can learn from them is they are so rich in faith and rich in the spirit because they have so little of the worldly things. They have so little of everything else. And so that really stood out to me, yeah. Okay, the last question is, um, what is one way that uh, you were impacted uh, by this missions trip? Uh, what is one thing that impacted your walk with God from this missions trip? And I'd love to hear from a few people, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, yeah, so definitely, this is kind of a combination of all three questions, actually, but <laughs> yeah. mostly the third. Um, yeah, I think throughout the entire trip, um, it was just incredible to see from from an early age and, and that orphanage, they were probably what, like two or three, all the way up to the the grandparents that we, we visited. You just get a sense of this incredible faith and, and passion that they have for God. Um, they really seem like they know him like deeply and, and they put their entire trust and, and their faith in them. And it's very like apparent, just whoever you meet, it's it's, it's incredibly inspiring and, and humbling. Um, and for me, I was trying to identify like why that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like if you were to kind of sample your average person there versus here, um, there's a pretty stark contrast I think you'd find. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about why, and I think Pastor Roy spoke about this last week as well and, and even today, um, they have, I think they have great hardship. They lack a lot um, materialistically, like you mentioned, Pastor Roy. Um, and so they're just desperate, I think, for God. They, they live with like a desperation for God to um, really do everything in their lives. Um, there's no plan B for them. I think we have a lot of safety nets that we build for ourselves here, and, and we're, we're very fortunate to have those and yeah. to build up the most comfortable life they have, uh, we, we can have. But for them, they, they don't have that option. And it's so crazy to see how they literally like put their entire faith, if they're, they set their eyes to do something, 
it's not like for me like if I set a goal to I don't know um, become an engineer or something I I probably lack the faith or like um, to set out and do that but but they have this determination that God is going to help them to do that and they they take that with great faith um, there's a you probably saw uh, her name is Priska she's Featured. She was kind of the main character of, of the video. She was in the beginning and the end and kind of throughout. Um, but she's like the most joyful, happy, bright person you would ever meet. And and honestly, like you'd you'd be fooled to say like maybe there's like a lack of depth in terms of like um, she, she's just like such a joyful person. And um, it's hard to see beyond that. But she gave a testimony one of the nights of how she lost her entire family one by one. Her parents, I think some siblings, I believe it was due to illness, um, but she lost everyone until it was just her. And she was going by one by one, and it reminded me of the story of Joe, but after she mentioned like, and then another family member passed away, like the whole crowd would kind of like gasp and and kind of cry out in sympathy. And, and she had like this audacity to laugh and say, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay, because I have a purpose now uh, through that. And she kept saying that, she kept laughing and smiling saying, no, it's okay, I have a purpose, I have a purpose. And that was just so incredibly um, inspiring. Uh, I don't know if if I were in her circumstance, to lose everything, to be able to cling on to God after that. And um, it just reminded me of a verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where uh, Jesus says um, to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And later Paul says, I delight in weaknesses, insult, hardships, persecution, difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And... For me, I think that was like my biggest takeaway was um, I, I my perspective on hardships and living through them in life and 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 what I build for myself in this life it's completely been turned around and um, yeah I'm just completely humbled by the entire experience and and the people there and um, yeah I'm just inspired to have a faith like they have. Amen. Anybody else? I'd love to hear from at least one more person or two if there are more people who really want to share. So how did this trip impact your walk with Christ? Hello. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, the, the trip was uh, a really good reminder um, of what God has called us to be as Christians. Um, I think uh, you probably kind of heard about it in other people's testimonies, um, but their faith was so strong, but it was also so simple. Um, so like people mentioned uh, their churches, you know, they don't have like these uh, cameras and these lights and these projectors um, and they find ways around that. Their, their worship isn't about uh, reading lyrics off of a, a screen but they do like this echo back and forth kind of thing. Um, and even in my discussions with the students, um, they had really good questions, um, hard questions about what the Bible is saying and who God is. Um, and through it all, they were still so set on Jesus Christ came here, died for me, and I can be resurrected through faith in him. Um, and it was, I, I spent a lot of time actually uh, during the trip kind of reflecting on that and how uh, simple that is and um, what God actually calls us to be uh, when we were doing worship um, without equipment. I thought like to the song, A Heart of Worship, like, I'm sorry for what I've made it. I just want to bring it back to the, like the heart of what it is. Um, and I felt that throughout the whole experience, I think. Um, it was just such a, a straight laser focus on Jesus Christ um, and who he is. Um, and I, I thought that was really encouraging. 
Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It looked like there was maybe one other person who wanted to share. No? Was there some? Hello. Okay. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about um, a, a statistic or like a fact that I came across a couple years ago, um, and it was that um, I forgot how I found it, but there was a statistic saying that um, the United States was one of the most um, depressed uh, countries in all the world, um, and then I, I wanted to do a little bit of like a, a deeper dive. And so I just looked, you know, like the 10 most depressed countries and the 10 least depressed countries. And, um, you know, U.S. was on top for most depressed. And something that I just noticed, uh, uh, the pattern that I could see was that the, the countries that struggled the most um, with this were, were, were typically more developed um, places that you would think are, you know, stable countries. And... You know, that's something that, like, I was kind of always wondering about, you know, like, in a country, you know, where we have three meals a day, running water, electricity, uh, economic stability, you know, no, no crisis, like, you know, how, how could we be this sad? And uh, I really do think God um, answered that question in Malawi. Um, the first day we touched down in Lilongwe Airport, um, the very first thing that I could tell was the there was almost like a youthful happiness um, in their eyes. Um, Pastor um, Elliot, he's like, he's a 50-year-old man, and he was just like busting out like random dance moves. And um, he, He's actually like, younger than me. He's not 50. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, sorry. He's 45. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, I could just, I could just Man, sense there was this like youthful energy. Um, and even like, you know, grown men. And... Um, <laughs> It was it was just so it was just so awesome. It was it was encouraging to see. Um and uh I remember like we were going through this village um on the first day. Um and you know like it was it was like their only source of light was like this little fire. They they didn't even have electricity. And yeah, at the same time it was like at night and I could see just in their eyes that they just had that youthful energy. Um an energy that like you can't even find in like downtown LA. Um, uh, so like, I, I was just, you know, like, I, yeah, God just really showed me the answer. Um, you know, in, in a country where we have so many material things, as we've talked about, um, those things, yeah, they, they give us temporary joy, but, um, what gives us even, you know, everlasting joy is the joy that we find in Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, we, we talk about, there's, there's that, you know, that cliche phrase, you know, when parents tell their, their kids, you know, think about the kids in Africa. And, you know, you know, that's what my mom would tell me when I wouldn't finish my food. And, you know, I, that, that is true. There, there is hunger. There, there is that lack of resource. Um, but as we've been saying this whole time, um, I really do think that they have something far greater than we do. And it's, it's that youthful energy. It's that, um, that spirit that's really just on fire for God. Um, so, you know, my, my pitch for, you know, if you're interested in Malawi, um, you know, there, it is, it is enriching. It is a great experience to connect with God and to, to see all the wonderful things that you're doing. But I can genuinely say that being there just for two weeks, um, I, I can honestly say I've never felt like as at home, um, as at peace, uh, as uh, comforted as you know, I've I've ever felt in a while. So, yeah. All right, praise the Lord. Okay, well, we're gonna wrap it up, and I just want to close with a prayer. Uh, I want to thank all of you guys. I know you really didn't want to do this, but I just forced you guys. <laughs> no, they they are so willing. They are such humble servants. But let's just pray together. But Father God, uh, we just want to give you all the glory, Lord. It really is about, Father, what you're doing in the nations and, uh, Lord, letting us as a church uh, partake, play a small role. And so thank you, Father. We give you all the glory. We worship you. And Father God, I feel like we just scratched the surface of what you did there and what you're doing there. Um, but Lord God, hopefully this was at least a small taste.
so that we can know, Lord God, that you are an awesome God, that you are doing great things, and you invite all of us to partake. So we give you all the glory. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Father God, continue to do your mighty work in Malawi, the churches in Malawi, the pastors, the disciples, Father PAF and their ministry, Lord God, protect them, supply all their needs, and we want to just hear even greater things, Lord. Lord God, they went from just a handful of students to 600 students to now 1,800 students they're supporting and discipling. We want to hear next time, Lord, there are thousands and thousands that they are discipling, the future generation being raised up. We give you all the glory, Lord. Uh, Father, it is all in your hands. And Father God, uh, I pray that next time, more can join, more can be a part, not only uh, physically going, but also uh, just supporting through prayer and financially. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's give uh, the Lord a clap. Uh, thank you guys so much. Okay, we're done. Yes. Okay, praise God. You know, I really did have a sermon. I really did. Um, I'm not joking. I had a real full-on sermon. I have a PowerPoint presentation. Uh, you can ask Brother Luke. Luke, I have a PowerPoint, right? So I, I had all this ready, but it's 12 o'clock. So I'm going to just close, all right? <laughs> so we're not going to hear my sermon today. Uh, but yeah, um, is that okay? Or do you guys want to see my PowerPoint? Yeah, you guys want to see it? No? Okay. <laughs> my wife is like, No. <laughs> I really did. I had a full-blown PowerPoint presentation and a sermon. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll see it next time, okay? It is 12 o'clock, so let's close in prayer. Father God, we give you all the glory. Father, we worship you. And Father God, we know that you are an awesome God. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for the work that you are doing, Father God, around the world. And we know that your heart is for the nations. Lord, we know that, Lord, that you gave that promise to Abraham so long ago that I will bless you, and through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And then finally, Lord Jesus, you came to fulfill that promise through your life, death, and resurrection. And then after you rose again, you commanded and commissioned us, go. The same word you spoke to Abraham, go. And make disciples of all ethnies, same word, of all people groups. And so that now has been laid upon us. So Lord God, thank you, Lord. We know this is your heart. We know this is exactly what you want us to be about. Father God, it begins right here in Riverside. Let us begin as missionaries here where we live. But Lord God, it can't stay here. It needs to go beyond this place. So Lord God, help us to engage and be a part of what you're doing around the world. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, praise God. Let's rise for final worship. Thank you.